Good evening, folks. I hope everyone is well. Holbert House show has returned. It's been far too long, so long, in fact, <clears throat> that I must admit I feel um, I feel slightly un unprepared. I feel like I've forgotten something I'm supposed to do before I go live, but I don't think I have. I'm going to find out, I guess. But uh, nonetheless, it's been a it's been a couple weeks, I think, so I did a solo. Um, I've obviously been on the air over on the Wrestle Purist, as well as I think we did a show. On Saturday, we did the late night grin for uh, the chamber, right? Chamber 2013. We did we did a watch along of that, which was fun. So, I've been around, but I haven't done one of these because I had an issue with my eye and like solo. Obviously, you guys are my co-hosts, so I have to see the. I didn't really want to be scanning the chat the way the way things were. So, doing slightly better, um, and I'm excited to be back here to do what we usually do at the Holber House show. We we kind of just hang out, talk graps. Um, We've got a couple of loose topics if it comes to it. We've got Raw and Dynamite because I saw the main two matches from Raw. And, of course, I watched Dynamite front to back. So uh, I was ready for tonight's WrestlePure show. So, yeah, I'm here to just kind of chill for an hour and change. Um, we will see how it goes, but I hope everyone is well. I have some business to handle here at the top. As uh, my friend Andy actually sent a tip via the Streamlabs link that I mentioned on one of these. It is the very catchy... Uh, web page of streamlabs.com slash late night grin slash tip, which is, um, you know, really just rolls off the tongue. Very good for marketing. Um, so, yeah, he used this, which is a, a way you can send a question or so on and so forth. It's not something we use or remember to use very often, uh, but my subscription accidentally rolled over. So we have it for another year. So it's there if you want to use it. That is streamlabs.com slash late night grin. Slash tip. Now, you could just wait and ask me for free, and I'll probably answer it. But if you want to show some love, you can do it there. But Andy did that, and unfortunately, he gave me a question that I don't even feel very well equipped to answer. But he said, "Have you watched Zack Sabre Jr. and A Kid, or his progress belt with Gunter, the hometown hero stepping up to match the style in the former, and ZSJ's Hoist Gracie style, David to Gunter's Goliath, are great dynamics." Zach is a treat for jaded fans desensitized to flashy fair. So I have not seen the A-Kid match. Um, I have seen the progress match with Guntor and then, of course, Volta. Um, and there was, a for a long time, that was, like, my favorite Zach match. Because I've mentioned this before. <clears throat> I wasn't, like, a huge Zach Sabre Jr. guy when he first kind of emerged on the, the kind of worldwide scene. That's probably unfair to say first. But I always think of Zach... Probably unfairly. I'd have to really look at the numbers and the and the dates and such. But uh, I always think of Zach's like cool indie guy run being like the mid 2010s. I don't know if that's accurate or not. It's the way my brain remembers it. And I was never a huge fan. Like when he was when he did the like bowler run and all that good stuff. And uh, I mean, obviously he was a great wrestler. But I was never a huge fan because he would be received. The smart fans would obviously see him as like this heroic technical master. But to me, his personality never really matched that. That's why I've enjoyed him a lot more in recent years where he's been a real dick, to be honest. But this match with Gunter, which I think is 2018, maybe? Maybe? Um, I could just look that up, I suppose. But this match with Gunter, I always thought was kind of the exception to that in that it was like the one guy where you could actually completely get behind Zach and root for him because Volta was such a destroyer that he could absolutely play that role. Um, 2018, this is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, it is, the one that's longer. 
Uh, Electric Ballroom, twenty eighth of October, twenty eighteen. Let's have a look what else is on this card. Aussie Open are on the card. Grizzled Young Veterans, a lot of very unfortunate people. Gino Gambino, you could put him in the last category if you want. I don't really have any strong opinions on that. Timothy Thatcher in the opening match too. It was a different time. Um, but yeah, I have seen that match. It's great. I haven't watched it in a long time, but it's a great match. I remember it for it again before Zach kind of really got in a groove for me personally um, at the close of the last decade. I, I That was like my favorite match of his. So I appreciate the tip, Andy. I hope you're well. Um, I know Andy's contributed for us on the rest of the front. So shout out to the big man. All right. What else we got here in this wonderful live chat let's catch up i'm going to go through the whole thing if you're in the chat now you've never been here for one of these then um i may get to your comment in half an hour or i may not get to it all i apologize if i miss it and you think it's something really important you could just put it again and i will try and get there but let's work our way through here um god bless uh quran said messaging lynn early sorry because time zones suck factual uh knowing that wrestlemania collision We'll have like 100 people watching. What card would be the ultimate Holbert special? Um, <clears throat> Samoa Joe versus Tomohiro Ishii. FTR and Eddie Kingston versus the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, Mercedes Monet versus... I can't do the Athena match. Can't burn it. Needs a bigger audience. Um, there's still like an all-star tag. I'm trying to think of who I can slot in there. Hmm. I want to get Athena and Mercedes on opposite sides of a tag, you know? So it feels like the play to me. Maybe we can put... Uh... The title scenes are very unique in this division right now. I say I say unique. That's the word I'm going with for, for the moment. I will just do Mercedes and Emmy. Um, we'll do Athena and, and Riho if such a thing is possible right now. I don't know if it is, but I'm booking. So we'll do both of those. Collision call style. And give me Roderick Strong. I mean, if it's going to be the WrestleMania show, let's do Roderick Strong and Timothy Thatcher and make sure no one watches. Let's fucking let's go. I love it. Speaking of Roderick Strong, some talk here. JHP represents Roddy and Hager. Um, yeah, so people may or may not remember this. It's almost a year ago, hilariously, but when I did the, I'll call it infamous. Uh, Roderick Strong is a machine built for grabs, uh, Salvo. Along the way, I did make a point of mentioning the Hager match would draw. Now, I thought there was a chance they would do it in the immediate future. I did not realize it would come about in February while Roddy had a mustache and Jake Hager was Orange Cassidy's big brother. But here we are, folks. Um, I'm legitimately quite excited about that match. Call me dumb. Call me weird. You'd be right on both fronts, but I'm excited about it. I can't lie. Okay, I see some yeet. I see some who's house. A lot of love in the chat. I appreciate you guys. <laughs> Holber maniacs. We do we do need a whole you know, this is probably true. We do pretty need one. This has this show has no production wrinkles at all. It's literally just, I just hit the basic basic countdown and we're off. So I don't know if it's a good thing or not. I kind of like it with the house show vibe, but it's probably something we could do. Um I appreciate this, Michael. Bobby in the chat. God bless. Okay. Um, uh, did Jay and Gunter deliver for you? So this is the Raw main event, of course. And Raw was like a pretty eventful show in terms of the in-ring from what I saw. I mean, I saw the f first and last match. I shouldn't say that. Really. The rest of it might have been bad. I don't know. Um, 
it did deliver for me. I liked it. I thought my concern of this with this match, honestly, was that Gunter would give Jay too much. Now, I think anyone who's watching this knows I'm a pretty big fan of the Usos. I'm a big fan of Jay Uso individually as well. Um, however, Jay's offense is pretty loose. I mean, it's he's smart enough to do stuff that's kind of within his, you know, his skill set and such, but it's still not someone who's got like this kind of thunderous offense or so on and so forth. So I was a little concerned Gunter would give him too much. I thought he did a really good job of avoiding that, to be honest. If you watch the strike exchanges, almost without foul, like if Jay would like stun Gunter, he would drop him with a, with a single chop. He would put him back in his place. Gunter took most of the match. Now, in order to handle some business with the Jimmy stuff, they had to like open the door and suggest that Jay was going to win. And they did that by kind of, basically the way they presented it was that Gunter was kind of getting arrogant and was trying to kind of play this sort of egotistical game in center ring, got himself in trouble, which I think was like a logical way of doing it. But the body of the match, I thought they nailed it. I thought it was very, very good. Um, not in the upper echelon of Gunter matches as IC champ, I don't think, but I don't think that was ever what this necessarily was going to be anyway. I mean, Jay is a star, you know, more than he is like a, you know, some sort of super worker, but he is a very good baby face. And, You've heard me say this a million times before, so I apologize for repeating myself. But if you're over and you just can sell and you understand like your own, you know, the own your own kind of boundaries to your game, you'll be fine. And that's the case for Jay in these matches. It's like they love him, man. He used to fight from underneath, show life. Don't just die when you're when when the guy's getting heat on you and you'll be fine. Um I I preferred it a lot to the Seth match. I did not particularly like the Seth match, and that's not even me doing my like Seth bit, because honestly, all those bits I find exhausting at this point, but I just didn't like the match very much. This match, I thought, was a lot better. Um, there you go. I agree. Very good work from underneath. Tag wrestling gives you good experience in that regard, right? It's like, that's a fundamental part of it, so I think that shows. Um, I'm going to get to this. I'm going to get to watching matches that I can tell six dollars I think. This week, in, like in, I haven't really been able to watch... Um, I haven't been set up to do like match reviews and stuff this week, which is why I haven't done anything on Wrestle Purious or the Bing Bong WordPress, which has been mostly inactive as of late anyway. But I'll hopefully get to watching some of the different stuff that's been out there. I've been sent some recommendations, not just by Six Star, but from others from across the globe. And I haven't even seen the Oku match yet. It's just been a little bit of a lull on that front. Um, part of it is the, the aforementioned Terry Funk eye injury. But a lot of it is I just hit the wall slightly there for um it was I was writing a guide a couple of weeks ago and I just I did not have the energy to complete the to complete it. I just <laughs> I just hit the wall entirely. And so I'm kind of taking like a half step back. See if you'll notice um I've watched a lot less recently. So I apologize for that, folks. But uh you have to take your you do have to take your breaks sometimes, you know, especially with where I'm at now. Once upon a time, I would take a complete entire break, just go away for two weeks. And I found that was actually less healthy for me than just kind of like just having some restraint. So I've been hanging out and watching a lot of movies and stuff and doing less wrestling because need a little break on that front. But uh, I saw that, so I haven't got any thoughts Six Star. Six Star, of course, made the great thumbnail for today's episode. Nonetheless, coming to the 2024 wrestling-themed show. I like the idea of this as a wrestling-themed show. Um, to rave about the 2007 cinematic masterpiece Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, which I just watched the first time a few days ago. It's great. I haven't seen that for a long time. I need to run it back. It's a great film. 
Absolutely. It's a great year for, for movies as far as our, as far as I know. Contrary and Alex would know better than I. My God, Mike in the house. Subscriber 495. Hello, Cody. Um, okay. We got I saw you didn't like the main event last night. Do you have any specific thoughts on hooking the match? I thought his timing was noticeably off and a multi-man speaks to his lack of reps. Yeah, so the biggest issue with the match, I thought, was that you have this situation where you want to kind of present, you know, Hangman, there was a specific way they wanted to present Hangman. He was not going to be involved as much. But what that meant was the bulk of the match was going to be um, Hook and and uh, and Rob Van Dam. Now, you mentioned Hook specifically, and I agree with your assessment. I thought his timing was off also. There's just also just the thing of, like, he just hasn't wrestled with a lot of these guys, and it's kind of noticeable. Um, in terms of on his team... It's like, you know, he's obviously familiar with, with Van Damme, who, interestingly enough, no one else in the match looked particularly familiar with when he was making his comeback. But, yeah, it just it felt it was clunky. But he wasn't the only one, to be honest. I just didn't think it was a good match. Uh, I know I'm kind of an outlier in that. I know a lot of people liked it, and that's fine. Um, I thought it was kind of a mess, to be honest. did not work for me. I, I thought it was way too set-piece heavy. And was it as a result, it felt very much like guys waiting to get in position for certain things to hit certain points. And they'd have been much better off, you know, if they were going to do that, they should have been a lot shorter. But the big issue, as I mentioned, was Hangman not being able to be the centerpiece of the match on that team because, look, Van Dam can do a lot of cool shit still, but he, you know, he obviously has his limitations and has declined naturally in his 50s. And Hook, as you said, is a, he's a rookie. So, yeah, it was not for me. Um, and it was also 22 minutes long and I know it's rich coming from me because I like all the collision matches but this was structured very different to those collision matches I, I thought it was kind of a mess unfortunately but happens you get what you get um, I'm sure if they did that match 10 times I would like it you know 7 or 8 of them I'm sure so it is what it is okay uh, Zach Virginia is the new top guy in New Japan so it certainly seems like it kind of has to be right Kind of has to be. I did like this Jim Uso ring in the bell distraction. I thought it was quite good. Joe, I mentioned this to you on Twitter about uh, Orange Cassidy and Bennett, but I was wondering, is there a benefit to the TV wrestling format being so restrictive? Um, yeah, it's it's unfortunate, really. I saw your tweet about it. Basically, for anyone who's unaware, um, Modest King's tweet was basically saying that the whole point of the the uh, Bennett Orange match was just to get to the post match. So why didn't it be ten minutes? Basically, and I mean, I'm paraphrasing. That was basically the idea, and I think that's something that AEW specifically does struggle with. The idea that like a match between two wrestlers that are on the actual roster has to go that long. Um, I felt kind of bad singing it out because the match. I didn't think the match was bad. It's just. Everyone knows the finish, and this is why I hated the idea of Roddy and Orange being penciled in for the revolution. It's like everyone knows the finish because, of course, he's not going to lose the belt one week before he's wrestling Roddy, right? So it's just it, – to me, it was like kind of scoring an own goal in that regard. I think Roddy and Orange could have had a killer TV main event, flip the title there, and then do a rematch at Revolution if you want, you know? It's like on Revolution, that match is going to be, what, the eighth most important match? You put that thing as a TV main event, I think that will tear the house down. So that was always my kind of issue was that this doesn't need a six-week build. And I think this match kind of captured that. But Orange has been an incredible workhorse. I just I have some fatigue right now, unfortunately, with his matches. It's not his fault. It just it happens. 
Naito main event, Raw Quest 2, Naito and Zack. I was at that and I don't remember it all, but it sounds good. Was it good? Callum liked it. That's that. God bless you. Remember it and liked it. And I don't remember it. So <laughs> you win the debate in this case. I don't remember it all. I was there. I remember. I remember being there. I just remember being if it was good or bad. Um, I still remember him being very funny in the match. Like I Uh Slacker, I'm well. I also want to shout out the big man here. So we had a, an article on um, on the wrestle purists. And I, w- I recommend everyone who's watching this to give this a look. It fucking rules, folks. Seriously, go pull this up. If you go to the Wrestle Purist, there's a Sting feature that I think is one of the best features that Wrestle Purist has ever hosted. It's tremendous. And unfortunately, the way that the news cycle is, there's so many things going on. These things sometimes get lost and they're kind of victims of the latest kind of news story. The feature is called, but I don't want to butcher the title because it's no, I would just call something like this my sting article because I'm not creative, but it is in fact called Organized Lightning, the Electricity of an Icon. And it is just masterful. So I please implore everyone, wrestlepurist.com, read that. It went up about a week ago, I think. It's fucking incredible. So um go check that out. Anyway, he says, What stick would you give FTR versus Mox and Claudio? at the pay-per-view. Um, I think they may do an Iron Man, which I'll be totally honest in saying I think would be a mistake on that card because that card is loaded. I would probably do some kind of... I want to do a bloodbath, I think. I think a bloodbath's the way. Honestly, man, I'm hesitant to even say this because it feels, it feels like something you should never revisit with one of these teams considering... How special it was last I'd be very tempted to, to do some double dog collar business here. And again, if FTR's response to that would be that's a one of one thing that we did with the Briscoes, I would totally get it. But that sure feels like saying that would be Moxley's uh, wheelhouse, doesn't it? Double dog collar. And it also would give the show more variety in terms of like the kind of match that would have. So, yeah. I think that would be better than if they do the Iron Man, which I think they're going to do, but we'll see. I had a really good time. I mean, their match last night was more of a uh, a setup, and I think that says a lot considering how good the work was in that. I mean, there was some terrific action in that match last night. Great physicality, and more than physicality, it had this kind of edge. It felt like there was animosity there. You know, It felt like there was real conflict. There was a little bit of bite to that match. It felt different to their usual TV matches. And in a strange way, there was a roughness around the edges that played a part in that, I thought. It was like, it was ever so slightly kind of clunky. And there was a couple of miscommunications, which again, I think actually enhanced the match in the case of that tag, because it felt like they were, you know, fighting a lot on ego. There was a great moment early where Cash grounded Aunt Claudio, dragged Claudio to the mat and he hooked his arm and tagged Dax. And Dax ignored that and just picked Claudio up so he could chop him. You know, it, it immediately established the idea that these guys, you know, while it's escalated quickly, there's a little bit of a, you know, kind of pride thing going on here. So a chip on the shoulder, so to speak. So I love the dynamic they had. I'm excited to see the rematch. Do you see Garcia winning the belt at Revolution? Or do you think Cope is going to actually team up with Cage soon? Just try and get a sense of it in story after he got concertoed. Um, 
This is fascinating. So it was deliberate. Garcia had that line in the promo last night where he focused back on Copeland. And all I could think when he did that was that sounded like a line that Copeland's going to reference once he cost Daniel Garcia this match. So I think Cope turns heel and costs DG the match. This is Now, this is pure guesswork, of course. And I think his reasoning is, and I think this is pretty much in line with who he's been as of late, the idea being that Copeland has lost his mind and he's not going to let anyone beat Christian Cage other than himself. So initially, you'd have them both as heels, Christian and Copeland as heels, but his you know, pursuit would remain Christian Cage. And then eventually, I think you work towards Christian kind of convincing Copeland that he's not the problem. The problem is all the young guys that are getting in their way. That would be my rough outline. And I think it's going to kind of loop back around to Garcia being linked with FTR. And I think that's going to be part of this. So that's kind of just, again, that's rough outline. That's something you would obviously develop over months. But I think there's a reason Garcia specifically pointed, you know, and made the clear thing of, I would have beat you, Copeland, and we'll, get, we'll see each other again. I think that was, I think that's going to be ammunition for Copeland's turn. But we uh, we shall see. I'm intrigued by it. It was an interesting way to get to that match. Obviously, they had a hell of a segment last night, right? So, yeah, good times. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a few the collision tapings coming up, I've noticed, which is a little spooky because I hate the way taped AEW comes out, man. It's like it has that particular sound, and they use 101 camera cards. So I hope we don't get too many taped collisions. I think it'd be unfortunate, but. We'll see. Um, how do you think an LA Knight Gunter match would do? They wrestled at uh, NXT WrestleMania weekend, the one that Dolph wrestled like Braun Breaker on, I think. I don't remember it being particularly good. It's a bit of a weird styles clash, I think. I don't think LA Knight fans, you know, in contrast to a Jey Uso who fights from underneath and is kind of this courageous baby face, I think LA Knight is much better off just being an ass kicker. I don't think he's someone that people want to see, like, sell a lot. So I don't think they're a natural fit. I think they could have a totally fine match that gets over, but it wouldn't be one I would be rushing towards if I had, if I had the book. You know, I, I don't think it's a natural um necessarily i could be wrong you never know with those things right sometimes guys just mesh but i don't remember the nxt match being much to to disprove my my read on that my god forbidden door it's gonna be a hell of a show man good idea to kind of uh heat up that building too i'm watching a lot of mid-south first time some incredible stuff that's really i mean it's i actually just bought um i tweeted the the thing, but it's a Blu-ray. They did like the best of Mid-South, which has matches. But if you watch the full TV, there's some extraordinary stuff in there in terms of the formatting of the TV. It's fascinating to look back on. It was groundbreaking wrestling television. Um, but anyway, Brainbuster said, I'm blown away by Jake the Snake being so over with the crowds. The man DDT to Dick Slayer's girlfriend and got a thunderous pop. Jake is one of those guys who I've done – that weird thing that as loser wrestling fans, we often do, we go like full circle in that I like heard so much about him and his master psychology and his great promos that when I actually started watching old graps, I was kind of like, is this it? And then you go the full loop, you see everyone else and you realize how unique his skill set actually was, you know, and it's like, 
But now I, I think he's like incredible. Whenever I watch his stuff, I'm always amazed by how specific his skill set was um, and how he was able to connect with people in a way that was like, they loved him, but there's also people that were terrified of him. Very, very unique talent. Um, yeah, I'd like to see more of that stuff, actually. Um, once I get done with this Blu-ray, so I'm going to try and figure out like a TV timeline to kind of delve into on occasion. Kevin Owens versus Randy won WrestleMania. That'd be fun. Very fun. Babyface match, maybe? Sure. Cosign. All Japan. How you good, brother? Okay, what else we got here? Um, how strange is just a banner and dark lights around the ring. No pyro. The same to that. Kind of an old school... Old school pro wrestling vibe. That could be fun for sure. Okay. What else do we have in the live chat? Any chance doing double mania reviews at LNG like last year? Um, I don't know, actually. Maybe. It depends what everyone's doing. It would be... We'll see what happens with late night grin WrestleMania week. It's one of those things that like we'll see when it comes around what everyone wants to do and how everyone's feeling about it. I'm not against it by any means because I'm probably gonna be watching live. I'm pretty sure there'll be a supercard show. So I think there'll be some kind of mania. Even if not both nights, I think there'll be one mania night we review. So uh there'll be some stuff on Mania Week, even if it's not as extensive as it, it was that like first year, because it was different. Obviously, I wasn't doing any other stuff. Uh there will be some mania stuff, I'm pretty sure. Okay. The honor and Tony, I have high expectations for. Me too, actually. I'm pretty hopeful. Pretty hopeful. Um, last night was a rough night of the office for that particular feud, but, you know, it is what it is. I, I don't think I need to explain why. It just, there's a, there's an obvious issue. <laughs> but God bless. I hope that, that Madison Rain is well, seriously, because that was very scary. Okay. Starting to convince myself that Jay and Jimmy should open up WrestleMania Night 1 for Max Heat. I tend to agree opening spot is where I'd put it too. Give it that kind of novelty boost. I think that's a good call. How do you feel about Rock taking the Mania main event from Kyle Anderson? AJ? That's bullshit, bro. We shouldn't stand for it. We should not stand for it under any circumstances. It's wrong. All the hard work that's been put in. Ridiculous. Um, Johnny's correct. You should subscribe. We are currently on 499. We could hit 500 at any minute or any hour or tomorrow. I don't know. But right now we're at 499. So that's pretty That's pretty cool. We're almost there, folks. We've only been going for like five or six weeks. Pretty cool. Joe, my local cinema is doing a special for Madden Web. I might have to do it. History, brother. When films are that bad, there's a, there's a novelty there. You have to, you, you have to uh, investigate these things. You commented about Orange Cassidy fatigue recently. Do you think they should have tried a heel turn with second time around? I don't, to be honest. I get why they like him as a baby face. Um, down the line, I definitely think it could be interesting. I would keep him baby face. However, I don't think they should have been a second title around. That's that's my take. And I know they got messed with by the uh the injuries and stuff. But um, but yeah, it's to me, it's just it was a mistake. It's like he did everything he needed to do with that belt the first time around. Luckily, I think it's coming to an end here pretty soon. So once he's beyond that, we can do some different things with him. Um, one second, folks. I believe we might have a guest 
sweeping through the 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 live event here let me just here we go uh he may have been saying it in the live chat i don't know but i just sent it to him all right thank you manning the eyes doing okay i had an eye test earlier there are some issues but i don't know completely or entirely uh what they are yet so i'm just gonna hold out hope that it's nothing too crazy we've hit 500 subscribers which is pretty cool um Holber Maniacs pop champagne across the globe. We, we did it, folks. God bless. We'll probably lose free overnight, and this will be this will be ruined, but <laughs> we hit 500 for this particular minute. It is, man. It's difficult wrestling. You have to give yourself time. Wrestling's There's so much pro wrestling on, and if you start watching it just to tick boxes and just to be completionist, it gets unhealthy. You know, it's, it's hard with what we do, but I have, to, I have to buy myself some time sometimes. Like, someone was very mad at me about... Um, when I say someone, I mean like a viewer, which is fine. People are allowed to be mad, but it wasn't thrilled. I didn't watch Oku and Osprey. It's like, I get it, man, but I chose me. I'm sorry. Speaking of such. That is crazy, crazy timing. Crazy timing, <laughs> right? I said someone was mad at me, and then you popped up, and I was thinking, I want to make it clear that it wasn't like someone I do the shows with. <laughs> like, can you imagine you got cup promo on me, you piece of shit? Like, you motherfucker. <laughs> what up? How are you, mate? Yeah, we just... We just hit 500 subscribers over here, so it's pretty good. Congratulations. Why don't you, like, lose, like, three overnight and then, like, ruin the whole thing? Yeah, that's why I said. We're both fucking losers, bro. Just immediately go pessimistic with it. happened <laughs> 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 to me. Yesterday I hit 28K, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And I woke up and it said 27.9, and I was like, all right. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, but man. How, I have a... how long you got, brother? 10 to 15, brother. 10 to 15. Yeah. What would you like to talk about, Ivan? Up to you, honestly. I, uh, I'm just hanging out and passing by. You know, I wanted to um, I wanted to catch up and finish Fantastic Mania. Could not do that. Fell asleep. I did watch Dynamite. And funny enough, Joe. Mm-hmm. Usually, usually when people like the the core AEW fan base, like usually when they don't like a show, it means I'm gonna hate the show. <laughs> like, if they think it's a six, I'm gonna end up thinking it's like a four point five. Um, but this is one of those rare occasions where I slightly like Dynamite more than Consensus. Because was it because of the promos? You think? I don't know. I just didn't think. I didn't think there was anything like abjectly shit on it. Like I, I thought. Uh, well, there was that one match. <laughs> Can I be honest with you? You didn't watch it, did you? Yeah. No. <laughs> you know what? Though? I will. I will say this sincerely. Like to be fair. Mm-hmm. Tony Khan mentioned, and you may have insight on this, I don't know, because we haven't talked about it, but Tony Khan mentioned there was a lot of, like, replacements and stuff and issues. Mm-hmm. I do not think that was originally the match, to be totally fair. And that doesn't mean it was good. I'm just saying that I think there's a reason that one half of that match looked like they were very unprepared to be in a wrestling match on TV. You know, like, it's... The thing is, when I asked about what, what were the changes, I got a complete, like, I was told about Trent Beretta. Like, he was supposed to wrestle yesterday. So... And it was going to okay. be, in the, it was, I don't know, it was just going to be in the spot where Orange Cassidy and Matt, uh, Mike Bennett's match was. Hmm. Yeah. So maybe I, the I'm, Kingdom versus Orange and Trent, maybe? Maybe. That sounds, that sounds realistic. And that makes more sense in a 10-minute spot. A little bit. Yeah. But to be real with you, I, you know, that's not, you know, shaking the table or moving the needle either. You know, like that's. But to your to your original point, there was some good shit on Dynamite. I didn't love the show, but there was some good shit on it. 
I think for me, it's just one of those things where it's like, I always, my, the way I rate wrestling television is just what, what did you achieve and what did you accomplish? And was anything done on the show that like helped further anyone's individual standing or, or what have you? And for me, I walk away and was there any blow away wrestling on the show? No, not at all, to be honest. But um, Wardlow had his best anything in like months. And uh, uh, what else? So I feel like I'm forgetting something. There was another really good Garcia. The, Gar- the Garcia yeah. angle was really good. Sting, so, too. Sting so, had so, an incredible promo. Hey, hold on one second. Go for it. Yes, the, the, the Sting had, I think, one of the career best promos. There was there was a, it was a handful of them. Yeah, there was a handful of strong promos on that show. Yeah, so I, I like the promo work. Uh, I like the opener. Um, the main event was like a bit of a mess, but I, I still had fun with it personally. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's still a it's still a treat to just see Rob do things, even if sometimes that's the thing. You, that novelty pops you more than me, which is fine. I mean, his word yeah. is yeah, yeah. I, I struggle with it a little bit. I do. It's weird because like there's been cha- there's been times where like those types of tags do nothing for me, and yet last night it just uh, I don't know it just it just it just worked even though it was kind of long like it it went tw- what was it twenty something minutes <laughs> I think it clocked in like twenty one minutes which is it, it really absolutely didn't. insane. That's a match that like is perfect at like thirteen, you know. Uh, so yeah, uh, you know. The more I think about it, yeah, not the best dynamite, but I don't know. I just, you know what it is? There's been some dynamites. I'm thinking like in the heart of like fucking the fall of last year, where like I'd be 40 minutes in and I'm like, I'm just not having a good time here. I'm just not having a oh, good yeah. time here. Definitely. Um, and I'm like, this is just deeply unpleasant. <laughs> like the people that I'm being, that I'm being uh, forced to watch and, the wrestling not particularly moving me or whatever. But here, I, I just didn't get that feeling. I just thought, but yeah, this is a fine little television show chugging along. Like I said, I like the opener. I like the, like the, uh, the grit uh, between the two teams, the, the, the competitiveness. Uh, and yeah. The key, I, the key is direction's the key, man. Honestly, that's right. what it is. It's like, if you look at Revolution, you'd have to be pretty, you'd have to be a big-time cynic to look at Revolution and be like, nah, man. Not into it, you know. It, that show looks incredible. So, as long as things just like trend nicely in the direction of those matches, exactly, you're fine. And that was the issue last fall. Was every week felt like it lived in its own world. It was like yeah. dizzying, honestly. It was it, it was a rough stretch for a while there, man. Yeah, it just it felt like AEW didn't really know where it was going or what it wanted to be, and so you just get shows where some weeks were good because he'd book like a super card for a week. You're like, oh my god, we're back, and you get these people like, oh, we're so back. And then the next week is like a, a much more middling show. And again, there's not that th- that week to week thread that's just kind of like trending you in a certain direction. And so it, it really, it was really kind of like bleak in that sense. But uh, because right now, like, I'm just very happy and confident with just revolution and where everything else is going broadly. Uh, a middling week that still, it that still drove you towards that destination. Like, I'm I'm okay with that. So, and I should look, I'm I'm. You know what it is? I'm used to Paul Levesque's television, so like I guess that's what it is. he's he's very much. Uh, I'm not gonna rock the boat. I'm gonna be steady. We're gonna drive left. We're gonna continue to drive left. You can tell where we're driving. I've, I've telegraphed where we are driving, and uh, strap in and eat your fucking sandwich with bread with with cheese in the middle. You know, it's not <laughs> not gonna be that many spices. You know, it's not gonna be a lot of you know little zings and zams, but uh, you know, just a nice little solid 
cheese sandwich, you know. There so. was there was a twist on dynamite. Well, oh, and I want to I want to get your take on it. Okay. The honestly hilarious Ric Flair segment. <laughs> In which, so there's two things going on at once here, and I'm going to try my best to explain this because I'm hosting tonight. I'm wrestle curious, and I don't want to lead the conversation in a way, either way. So I'm just going to just say what happened and let the guys talk, okay? But here we'll talk about this. So, Ric Flair, the character, appeared to think he was talking to Renee in like a conversation. I think <laughs> he seemed he seemed that, convinced that no one else was watching. Right? That whole thing was so weird and I, I was like it was just weird as fuck I, i'm watching this thing i think I, I think i might have messaged you i said i yelled like so loud at this entire thing you did message yeah because like <laughs> he walks in and you know what it is I think a long time ago, Rick permanently blurred the lines between like what's kayfabe and legitimately Ric Flair on television. Mm-hmm. He always he was never good at reading scripts anyway. But um, there is no such thing as like a Rick like a a, a a barrier between Ric Flair and Richard Flair. Like he's just what he is on TV. And so seeing him on screen just kind of being like, oh, I'm not on TV as much as I like. And like that's probably just how he really feels about the tour and stuff. And that's the thing. It kind of worked because it was like, I for a minute thought Rick was just going rogue. That's what I'm saying. It, it, it felt like he was just kind of like rambling to Renee, kind of grumpily about his dissatisfaction with his usage. And I'm like, okay. And he starts to walk up to the box. And he's like, I just want to talk to you guys. So I just want to have a conversation. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And, and then I thought about this. Is Ric Flair going to turn on Sting? For the two thousand seven hundred and forty fifth time, is that what's going he's turning, bro? I think he's just like he's just off the team now. What the like, fuck? I'm, I don't think he's even a turn. I think he's just like fuck this a sting business, bro. I'm managing the bucks. Fuck him. What the fuck? I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a spot in the match. I could see it being one of those things where he just awkwardly stands in your corner, and then there's a spot in the match where he low blows one of the young bucks. <laughs> maybe. Just for like a pop or something, I don't know. But that's the thing, because he's going to be a super baby face in Greensboro. So that's the thing. Um, I don't uh, know, man. Yes, <laughs> it was interesting. Again, like I thought, it was interesting in that I actually like totally bought for a second that he just decided to use this time to air his grievances because he's fucking insane, you know? Yeah, he's out of his mind. But the way that he framed it as a character, like when it ended, he was like, "Between you and I." <laughs> It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> she has a microphone, bro. <laughs> Renee kind of made that face, like, where she was unsure where this was going. Like, she was just kind of like, okay. All right. Yeah. I, uh, I thought the Sting promo later on the show was great. And, and one of the things I was thinking about was, like, I know that the Sting Darby Tornado tag thing is, like, always a really cool and fun thing. And and their uh, their, their party matches are, are just that. Their party matches, they're, they're a great time. Uh, but with that said, Part of me wishes this was a, a traditional tag. Yeah. You and I are in the same spot with this. Um, I think we're in the minority. I love the tornado tag sting match, but there is a, the things that make that good are not necessarily things that I um, think of when I think of a farewell match, you know? There's right, like a, right. 
it's such a mess. And again, that's why it's good. So mm-hmm. I think like the, the thing that's important before we go any further with this conversation is I think we're both aware that this is a safety net for the match and makes the floor a lot higher, right? Like mm. a tornado table sting can only fall so far, but it's going to be fun. It's gonna be, but the ceiling for a dramatic tag match, I do think is higher. I, I think there's... I don't know. And there's a magic to watching Sting work the apron and, you know, like try to get in there. Or then when he gets worked over and Starby needs to save him. I don't know, man. I, I think there's a, I think there's Saint lost there, but I also think I they've kind of realized that Sting can't do those matches probably, which is why we're here. <laughs> I, yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's, I just feel that like a traditional tag lends itself for uh, just a more serious, dramatic affair. Uh, but at this, and I, and I tweeted this though. I do have faith that the four people involved are very talented and smart. So I, I'd imagine they achieve this anyway. Uh, but I'm curious how, because normally uh, the Sting Darby tornado tag, like you said, it's a big crowd brawl. You get the big dive and all that type of craziness and fun stuff. So I'm, I'm just curious what this what, what this looks like. Yeah, so who do you think is winning? Hmm. Because I kind of think Sting's winning. I'm honestly not sure. That's pretty cool, right? For real, that's actually pretty awesome. We don't know. That, for a match where like the, the winner should be obvious, that we're actually not totally sure. Because the belts make it more complicated. Yeah. Because like you would when they won the belt, you should assume they're dropping into the Bucks. But the way they've told this story, bro, I don't know. I don't know if Sting's losing this match. You know, it kind of feels like he's going to kick the shit out of the movie. Honest with you. That'd be so awesome. Like, can you imagine he just he just doubles fucking Scorpion Death drops them, beats them, and then retires the belts and puts them and leaves them in the middle of the rings, kisses goodbye. They do a fucking tournament. Well, here's the thing. I know everyone says like the old school mentality is like you go out and you you know, you go out on your shield, you put a guy. But Sting's appeal is very singular. You know, he hasn't lost one match in this run. <laughs> Like, people like seeing Sting just howl and beat people up, dude. He's you know like what? Batman. <laughs> you know what I wouldn't... You know what I wouldn't hate? As funny as this is. I wouldn't hate that, that they beat the Bucks. And then the Bucks, like, use, do some EVP shit on the TV and, like, bitch and say that they actually won an A, B, and C. And they go, actually, we're the champions now. We're just going to hold these belts. These are now mm-hmm. ours. Because we had them pinned. Like, you can do a thing where it's, like, a visual pin and a ref bump or some shit like that. And... You just, like they literally just say like, well, they vacated this because he's gone, and uh, these are fucking ours because we won the match, blah blah blah. And then you literally do that type of like unearned championship thing that they just hold until the team beats them. I wouldn't hate it personally, even though normally handing championships to people is like a no no in wrestling. I would probably go. I think I would do a tournament now. Hold fire, folks! I know the tournament in AW. Imagine that, but. <laughs> I think a tag tournament could be framed in a way that's like a reboot to the division. You know, <laughs> something like a kind of Crockett Cup vibe where the top guys find a partner to get in it because they want to win those belts. I think that could be really cool. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't hate it. Wouldn't hate it. Yeah. You mean, look at the talent on that roster. You could come up with some really good, a cool bracket there, right? Like, that could be. Oh, of course. Of course. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, bro. Maybe the Bucks are just going to win. I just. <laughs> the, build, the build is that they, like, beat up his kids. And, like, I just. <laughs> I, I got a feeling Sting's going to win, to be honest. But I could be wrong. I wouldn't complain. I just. That's, that's the point. Of, that's the point of Sting, you know, like to, to win. 
<laughs> yeah, and again, if he, if Sting says he wants to put the Bucks over, God bless you. Put. I mean, I don't think either of us are connected to that. I just the prediction point of view. I think it's more up in the air than folks are suggesting personally. But, right. Um, Before I got here. Yes. What did you think of uh, of uh, of uh, Mr. McIntyre and then Cody Rhodes' singles match? I liked it. I couldn't. Um, I couldn't get into it the degree I was hoping to. It felt kind of drifty in the work, you know. Like, I didn't think they had a clear direction. It was very much one of those star TV matches where they just kind of went back and forth, cuddled inside the line some. It was so over. They didn't even need to work hard, right? That's my mm. take on it. Mm. Um, I'm aware the pre-match presentation and such added some juice, which I did not see. So Yeah, it was awesome. I, I already said this to you, I think, yesterday. But, like, yeah, like they, they did this like ESPN package about it with narration. Yeah. Just, like, Cody's path to, to it, was, it felt TNA as fuck, you know, with the with that. Remember that guy who did the TNA narration? Yeah. Across yes. the line, and like, <laughs> the battle lines are drawn, and Cody Rhodes. And they did they did that whole thing, and it's like it's McIntyre's destiny to reclaim the place, and the, the, it was really cool. Uh, yeah, it felt like boxing, which is really it was just a, a big culture shock watching Raw to see that. Uh, so yeah, one hundred percent that stuff added juice. But no, I was, I was just curious. I was just curious. I, 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 was I liked like, it. Yeah, I liked it. It's I struggle a little bit with um I think Drew Mack is a guy who has a very high floor, but I think he's star his ceiling is pretty close to that floor, personally. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that mm-hmm. I don't know if that's an entirely fair assessment. I don't watch him super regularly anymore. But he's a guy who I think is really consistent and steady, but I very seldom watch a Drew match and leave it saying that was a great performance, you know? It's like That's interesting. Yeah. I, and I always think he's good, you know, but it's like, I don't think he's great very often. That's just me. The best, the best Drew match I've seen is the three-way at Mania last year. But when we talk singles, I feel like he's one of those dudes that when he has his really great Drew singles match, they hover around the same level of yeah. like very good, you know, like his best Seamus matches are around like four stars to me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of see where you're coming from in that, in that respect. Um, I wonder how much of that is is is, is positioning and and, and 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 how much of it is just that's just kind of his game. But for me, the juice here was Cody Rhodes. I just thought that Drew was good enough to just be the foil to Cody. And uh I I personally just enjoy the Cody 20-minute singles match template. In fact, mm-hmm. I'm a sicko. I was going through my old uh, notes here, Joe. I have a for whatever reason, I have a 2020 Scorpio Sky versus Cody Rhodes Daily's place match. Logged in at four stars. I don't really remember this match. Uh, but... Okay, this 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 just park it there. I know you need to leave. When you, I have questions to the thing you just said. Okay. Okay. Firstly, going through my notes is an insane thing to say about your <laughs> like the idea. Like you're like you know sitting at the announce desk is tremendous. <laughs> and then you said, "quote logged." Are you talking like, do you have this on like a cage match or is this like in your personal spreadsheet? What are we talking here? We talk about I was going to my old phone. I was going through like notes on my old phone. And like, <laughs> I, used to, I used to have like my match ratings for matches that I liked of the week. And uh, yeah, it was right. It was sandwiched between like Unforgiven 2002 and like a New Japan show. It was just things I watched that week. Okay, the before high- you go, let's get the cage match score for this match just to entertain ourselves. The, the, uh, Scorpio and Cody? 
Yeah, let's have a look. Oh, my God. Why should it be like a 6.7? I'll, before we go any further with this, I would like to say, I think Scorpio is a good worker, man, so I don't... Okay, <laughs> here it is, folks. August 2020. You gave this, what, every four and a quarter? What did you say? Four. Four. 6.07 on K. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the, top, the, the latest review is a 2 out of 10 that says, quote, just unbelievably boring. <laughs> <laughs> is there another matchup? Is, is this the wrong one? Like, is, is, no, that's it. See what pops that's, up. that's it, bro. This is the card. Let me read this dynamite card. <laughs> this is dynamite in August 2020. Opener Young Bucks versus Uno and Grayson. Pop. Where is oh, Grayson? Bad. Where is Stu Grayson? <laughs> Why do they bring him back? Where is he? Anyway, Cody, who, by the way, at ringside with Cody was Ali. On Anderson, Brandy Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes, and QT Marshall. <laughs> it was starting to get out of control. Yeah, him and Sculp. My monitor has literally just gone out, which is hilarious. Here we go. Tag titles, Hangman and Kenny versus Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Mm-hmm. Sheeta versus Heaven Monroe. And the main event, $7,000 obligation match, Orange Cassidy, Chris Jericho. Oh, my God. It was a different time. A different time. Yeah, that, that was, was the definitely. really bad Orange Jericho match, too. The really bad one. I, uh, 6.0 is what the fuck? We should Not... all watch along. <laughs> Could you maybe go back and, 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 um, it reaffirms my belief? And I think it's like, it's, I still think it's fucking sick. That'd be, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. You did a tweet about it and just get the shit kicked out of you. <laughs> I, I, I just write Scorpio Sky versus, uh, Cody Rhodes. What's the date on this thing? Oh, good. Where was it? Let me pull it up. Um, fuck, I've lost it. It was August something, 2020. I, I put that in and I write four stars again. <laughs> August 12, 2020, and the episode was called Tag Team Appreciation Night. Oh, my God. Was that the night where the where FTR Spike Polo drove rock and roll? I wouldn't be... Do you remember when you were doing those 20-minute brush with greatness matches? Oh, brother. Early Some FTR of those weird. Were... They were, some of them were good, though, right? Those matches or not? I don't remember. I, I, I genuinely do not remember if FTR and Daly's place in 2020 was good. I'm looking at the there room. Was, there were before they turned babyface was kind of strange. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I remember not liking the match where they won the belts very much. Um, no. I don't even – I got to go, but I don't even love their full gear Young Buck match that much. I loved it at the time. All right, when I last rewatched it, I decided I'd never rewatch Pandemic Wrestling again because it was like, I That's couldn't do it, you know? Yeah. A lot of the matches that we like, because here's the thing, we had to readjust how we consumed wrestling. And in, under the readjustment, there were certain matches under this new frame that were great. But when you get back to regular wrestling, you cannot go to those matches. And like a Pandemic four and a half that people were given four and a half is not the same as a re- regular four and a half to me. It's and I think one of the biggest examples of this is like Kenny and uh, Ray Phoenix, which was awesome and what like we needed at the time as this explosive like fireworks show in, in Daly's place. But it's I don't know. It just it just kind of translates as like a really fun TV match now. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely different. It is, but uh, I'll let you go, brother. Um, yes. Have a good day, good night, all those good things, and uh, we'll we'll speak soon. Yeah, mate. Joe, thanks a lot, man. Best of luck uh, hosting on uh, the, the pod. I didn't even know Montel was skipping the town, but that's, that sounds like a funny experiment. So I'll, I'll be listening.
Wonderful. All right. Appreciate you, brother. Sure. Speak soon. All right. There he is, folks. The Hebrew of Wrestle Purists. Friend of the program. I think he was been on most of these shows at this point, honestly. We're still ahead. We've actually gone to 504 on the subscribe count, which is pretty good. Um, okay, so what I did there, folks, I, I starred some comments. Now, if I missed your question, because we were talking back and forth, um, then please just feel free to type again, because you know, if it was here for like 20 minutes, so I obviously couldn't uh, stay on the kind of chat with the chat where I was before. So if you, if I miss it, fire it in there again. But I did start some comments. We discussed this a little bit, actually. Um, Deonna and Madison. Paul Madison Rain, I just think, is not got ton 12 left in the ring at this point. I don't think that's speaking out of turn. She's every time she's wrestled in AEW has been pretty unfortunate. Um, so yeah, and last night was actually actively scary. So hopefully she's well. That's more important. But it was uh, it was weird too because at the start of the match I was watching it thinking because obviously I'd heard a million and one things about this match and how crazy it was and how after hours it went. It started and I was thinking it was fine at first. I thought when they were grappling and around three or four minutes in, Madison just like she like she just hit the wall physically, um, and everything then just like fell apart. So hopefully she's well. But uh, but yeah, it was it was not very good, unfortunately. How awesome was Claudio and Cash whacking the hell out of It was pretty fucking beast, man. Cash Wheeler is uh, he's been pretty spectacular as of late. Uh, can we get a prediction of the twenty twenty four all collision first team? I assume Dax and Cash are early favorites, but who rounds out the starting five? See, here's the thing though, like. It's gonna, it could get spooky if we start doing a lot of these double tapings where they're on after Dynamite or they tape on Thursdays. The squad may get messed with. Nonetheless, I'll do a prediction. Um, I think Monet's probably going to be a Dynamite uh, piece, I think, for the most part. Dax and Cash are locked in for sure. I think Dragon's got to be locked in. I'm trying to think of who's the women's division. Who's the this guy Serena Deeb and Ed King. That's the, the starting five for the, the all collision first team. The most prestigious team in all of sports. Starting a binge watch for WCW. What is the best possible way you would recommend doing it? Um, I would suggest binge watch for WCW. I would suggest doing the 89 pay-per-views and clashes so wcw sold to turner at the end of 88 if you pick up from 89 you're going to get the flare steamboat matches and then they're going to go into other things i don't even want to spoil it because you don't know so then that leads directly into another feud so if you watch the 89 papes and clashes that's important too you'll you'll like that's like six shows or seven shows or something a few more than that actually but yeah maybe eight shows and you'll get a good idea of it if you're enjoying that I would then suggest you go through a couple, couple, you know, rocky years. Um, if it isn't for you, do the same thing for I said for '89 instead. Do it for '92. And if that is still too uh, kind of boring old graps for you, then the it's always easy to just dive in on the Nitro era. So there's like three different ways you could start. '89 would be the first that place to attempt, though. I think the '89 pay per views. Don't ruin this, some bad stuff on them. But the Flair Steamboat matches, obviously, are like, you know, they're 
revered for good reason. I rewatched them recently. My, my dad and I watched them together. Um, incredible matches. So, and then there's an angle, as I said, which I won't spoil. But there's an angle on one of those that is maybe the best in wrestling history. Honestly, it's it's incredible. Who do you have winning the world title? I'm thinking Hangman steals the pin last second from Swerve and refuses him a title shot. It's interesting, right? It's like, I don't know what, um, I don't know what they're cooking with this recent Hangman update. I don't know if anyone saw, but I think Brian Alvarez was saying that like, there's some belief he may not be in the match. I, I have no idea to be, to be clear. Um, but, that kind of, I don't know, that caught me off guard. I don't know if there's been an update on that, but if there has put in the chat. But yeah, I kind of am leaning weirdly towards Joe winning now. And that has surprised me because initially I thought that was like very, very unlikely. I kind of feel like Joe may be dropping it to someone on big business. This is pure guesswork, but I just, I'm slightly suspicious of this big business business. You know, I think I think there's something to look for there. I think we should circle that as a potential kind of shift for the world title. Now, I think Swerve could beat Joe in a singles match at Big Business, but I also think one of those two new signings could could slide in there. I know Charlie of WrestlePurist punched me in the face when I brought this up last week, but I think there's something there. I really do. We'll see. Um, but that was a long answer, so I don't know. <laughs> My bad. Okay. Do you have any concerns with Okada and Will coming in and AEW adapting, adopting, sorry, the 40 plus minute main events? I can't lie. I'm worried about future pay-per-view main events and longer and longer matches like 2020 New Japan. Um, I don't really think it's a fair concern if you don't like those kind of matches and someone that doesn't love them. Yeah, I think it's a fair concern. I think one of our benefits will be the, frankly, how much they kind of, uh, you know, share the ball in terms of AEW match times, right? Like, whereas a New Japan card, you're going to have six undercard tags and then the couple big matches. With AEW, generally every match gets a chance to be the ultimate version of that match, which sometimes is an issue. But I think it will work in our favor here because I just think it's one thing going 40 minutes after a card like a New Japan show. I think it's different doing it. Like, imagine on Revolution, you know, the, all these matches are going to get 20 minutes. I don't think we'll see as much of it. Now, that could age very poorly. Um. I'm not, you know, kind of inherently against the idea of a main event, putting some time in and going long, but I definitely think for how they do pay-per-views, I wouldn't advise doing it very often. Um, I mean, it sounds silly because Dragon and Max did an hour match and it was extraordinary, but generally speaking, we've seen some crowds be pretty tired by that point in the show. You know, I wouldn't go 40 minutes often, but that's never stopped Okada and Will before, so... Time will tell, I suppose. I think it's a fair concern, though. Joseph, in your humble British opinion, what is the best or your favorite episode of the Dynamite? That's a great question. I'm actually going to try and do some cage match business for this. Um, because that is a great question. I'm going to exclude the Brody episode because I just, you know, I don't think you can... Saying that's your favorite show, it just feels weird. It, well, to me, it does anyway, because it's like... Okay. The first one that comes up here on the cage match that I remember loving. And it's more of a moment. Thing. I mean, obviously, the, there's two great matches on here, but it's more the moment was the Atlanta show. 
Yeah, Hangman and Kenny versus Lucha Bros, and of course the Cody Wardlow cage match, which was like the height of Cody playing who he currently is, but in AEW, that was like a moment in time. That one's a worthy candidate. I'm looking at some of the others here. California, Hangman and Marks, um, the Elite, Dev Triangle one. I mean, we did a grin along for that, I want to say. There's one I'm... There's a, the Roosh one, I want to say. Or was the Roosh one the one with the shitty main event? Never mind. Arizona was a couple weeks ago. Look, man, so you will about AEW, but I'm looking at some of these cards. There's, some, there's been some killer pro wrestling shows through the, uh, through the four years or so. I would lean towards that Atlanta show, I think. I think that would be my pick because that was a really special time. That's when I remember getting into AEW was that revolution build. People talk about it a lot, and I don't think it's like just, you know, fond memories. The um, revolution 2020 build was like, pretty special that was a moment where things really came together i thought but yeah that's probably my answer i think just because the way i remember it a lot of the other stuff bleeds together that show doesn't so uh there was dev distraction post show brother as there's stuff i'd very much forgotten i used to love the distraction post show i think that was kind of like a um almost like a preview of the stuff we'd end up doing elsewhere and had like kind of chill it was, but I do not remember much of the things we talked about. Are those shows still alive? Are they on YouTube or not? That I would watch them. I'm just intrigued. Best Surfer Sting matches. Um, the three big matches with Vader, Great American Bash '92, Starcade '92, and Super Brawl '93. Those ones immediately come to mind. Beach Blast '92 with Cactus Jack. Um, really, any of the flare matches. If you like one, you'll like most. My I've always really loved the um, the Clash 94 one where they unify the belts. And it's like, not many people care about that match, but I've always loved that match. Um, the sprint with Rick Rude. Clash at the end of 91, November 17, maybe? 1991. Go, if you've never seen Surface Steam, watch that match. It's, it's short. It's a sprint. Him and Rick Rude for the US belt. So there's a few. Uh, I'm probably forgetting some, but. There's a handful to kind of work through. So, Joe, what five-minute underneath matches are we looking for Brooks Jensen when he finds his rough home on WCW Collision? Yeah, and he game in there with Dax for sure. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of, I mean, there's some options here. I, I think we need to really consider a Brock Anderson tag team, bring Brock back for a big run. Uh, he's got to work with Jeff Jarrett, of course. Eddie Kingston in a six-minute match where he gets chopped the entire time. There's some there's some options for sure. Brody King, Mark Briscoe. He's a good wrestler, I'm a fan. Okay. Let me scroll up here and see what I missed. Um, yeah, to be clear, I, I saw this particular thing that Hangman's okay. Brian Alvarez has since followed up and said that there's like talk that he may it may be a work because he's not working the show. Again, it, I could be wrong on that. It was what just was sent to me before I went live. So if anyone knows, feel free to tell me like what the update is since then. But I know that he's not actually injured. I should have noted that. Okay. Carl Anderson, brother, he's back. Uh, can we get a short review of NXT? Yeah, so I've watched about an hour of it, I think. Maybe a little bit more. Two hours is interesting. Um, I thought Lexus King and Oberfemi was like, Kind of miraculous in how little went wrong. It was pretty chill. 
some limb work, uh, which was funny. Robbie E was watching on. Oberfemi has good offense. I definitely get why the guys pop so huge for him. He seems like a natural, honestly. So that was pretty impressive. Roxanne Perez is trying this new heel, uh, or at least she's leaning heel right now for this kind of almost bitter um, persona, which I think she's trying very hard at. I'm not sure it's natural for her, but she's certainly trying. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I saw. Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs, they had a, a pretty good match. They hit each other quite hard. I like Brooks quite a bit. But the big problem I have with NXT, and this is not, a, you know, this is just a taste thing, it is what it is. For some of you, this will be a feature for me. It's almost like I find it hard to get past. It's the the those backstage things that I just can't watch them. I'm sorry. I, I know a lot of people find them funny, but I just can't do it. <laughs> I've tried. I can't. They're they're so ridiculous, and they have this. Sometimes they have like this music over the top of them, like they're like Disney Channel scenes. It's very. It's it's, it's a strange thing. Um, every time they go to a break, they come back out of it to like two people talking to each other backstage, and I just can't do it. So there was a Tony D skit on that show that was like unhinged. Um, that one was kind of funny, to be fair, because Tony D is funny kind of inherently, but. Yeah, so I, I struggle with it generally. It's a shame because I actually like the the kind of look of the show these days for the most part. Just in, I, you know, I like the kind of studio vibe they have, but the show itself is not really my thing, unfortunately. But I will watch what the Good Brothers do because that is one of the few bits that I have maintained across my 18 million years in this space. So God bless. Um. Who do you think will win the start of Cinderella tournament? I'm personally on the Azumi train. Well, it's a great question. Have we got the full lineup? Can I pull up the lineup here, or am I going to just have to say Azumi? Um, here we go, folks. This is big business right here. 24. Here we go. Full tournament announced. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm looking at this now. This is my goodness. Hmm. I'm picking Hazuki. Why? Because I like Hazuki. Is there any reason I should pick her? No. Do I know if it's a good or bad pick? Absolutely not. I think Hazuki's fucking awesome. Runner up. Give me give me Starlight Kid. Lock it in, six star. The least educated prediction you'll see regarding the Cinderella tournament. Lock it in. Um your Mount Rushmore of squash match wrestlers. Uh, Yokozuna was a godly squash match guy. That's such a good question. Um, the Road Warriors have to be in as a single pick. Yoko, Road Warriors. Um, Vader has to be in there. And I would say, you're going to have to take another tag team, unfortunately. The Steiners have to. And the Steiners would fucking... The problem with being a great squash match wrestler is you basically just have to be deeply unprofessional. It's kind of part of the the uh, the recipe. So Yoko was less so than the other guys mentioned, but he did kill a few guys on the bonsai. So yeah, there's a few. Athena's a great squash match wrestler in the in the modern day. Samoa Joe is a good squash match wrestler. Remember that collision run Joe had where he was doing like having those regular squash matches? It was tremendous. Yeah. 
I get it for sure. Christian stuff is like is very much is actively like shtick, but I just think he's so good at it that he kind of breaks the rules in that regard and gets away with it. Um what are your thoughts on stardom keeping the main event stars slash top dogs off the Cinderella tournament? Okay, so I didn't want to say this, I myself sound dumb, but I was looking at the lineup and I did not recognize as many names as I thought I would. And I couldn't tell if I was just cooked or if this was what was happening. Um, Six Star thinks it's great as it will allow wrestlers to move their way up the card. Well, it sure seems like a good opportunity to do that, Six Star. Um, this is it. How many people are in this? I'm trying to look at the format here. 24 women. The winner's. The winner's wish has been used to challenge the reigning wonder of stardom champion for their belt. My God. Okay. I don't know if that's true or not. That's what Yahoo says. I mean, it sounds like a good idea. I know there was a lot of injury issues. Maybe that was a factor. I'm not sure. How do you think WWE can get back uh, on steady ground creatively after everything went to shit over the last month with Dwayne and the punk injury? Um the Dwayne thing is going to be the WWE creator for a while. So I, I don't know. Steady may not be the word for it. I think it's going to be pretty explosive in terms of its ups and downs. But uh, I don't know if Steady's on the cards for a while, to be honest, man. I think Dwayne's going to be kind of a big player in this for a bit. Now, obviously, he's not going to be there every week, but I think the way his storyline will work, it will kind of loom over the promotion the way Romans has because they're going to be the same storyline. So... Yeah, I'm not I'm not totally sure. I think maybe they can do something with the uh the next draft, I guess, will be April, right? I guess. They did the draft in April last year, right? If so, that could help because you kind of rearrange your pieces, but I do think it's gonna be a bit of a spooky time just in terms of like chaotic creative. I mean it doesn't mean it will be all bad. There'll be some good shit that happens, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a roller coaster ride. That's kind of my educated guess on the mail. What's your Von Eric's uh, Grin Grappler? Thank you. I love doing the Grin Grappler. Um, recently, you had a lot of praise for Terry Gordy and very little for Michael Hayes. What are both guys' strengths and weaknesses? Well, Michael Hayes was great as a promo and he had a great punch, but beyond that, as a worker, there wasn't, um, you know, I mean, he was, he was a personality and that's fine. He was the talker of the team. He was the the guy who got the team's heat in a lot of ways, but he's not someone I'm like going up way to watch wrestle very often. By contrast, Terry Gordy is like an all-time natural worker. He was, how yeah, let me actually get the right age on this because this is always amazing. People don't realize this because of how young, how old, sorry, all these dudes looked. Terry was like a big baby, but Terry's like 20, he's born in 61. So when they're doing the angle with the, the Von Eriks, he's like 23 years old. And at that point, he has been, this is extraordinary. He made his debut as a 13-year-old in Graps. So he's like a 10-year pro at that point, but he's 23 years old. So Terry was such a natural and just physically was a force. And that's, you know, obviously what, you know, put him in such a good position when he worked Japan and set him up to have a strong run there. Like we had a really strong run. But, yeah, they're just, they're very, very different. Uh, inside the ropes but again Michael was the really the, the act leaned on Michael a lot because he was the talker but Terry Gordy is the um, in-ring kind of brute had an incredible career and unfortunately it should have gone on much much longer than it did as a real player but he was physically and mentally in a very different place by god I think the mid 90s so yeah 
Gordy's kind of a he's one of those guys who had a hell of a, a run, but really could have done a lot more in the business. It is what it is. Yeah. Is this why I thought I didn't think the post shows are on there, but Elliot says they're on overbook, so they may be. Some of those were good, I think. I think so. This year's revolution has probably been the best since 2022. I agree. All-time great AEW build. I agree completely. What are your thoughts on Cope's AEW run? Um, I've really enjoyed it, to be honest. Now, I think there's room to discuss whether or not it's like maximized his value to them as a, as like an asset and a star. And that's fair. But as someone like as someone who focuses more on the quality, I think he's actually been really good. And I'm not surprised by that either. I think people are actually overstating this like transfor- transformation he's made. If you watch his actual in ring for the last year of his WWE run, like you could see this guy was there because as a baby face, it's what we started with, uh, you know, an hour, wherever it is now, 10 minutes ago, they love him. He has familiar offense and he can sell. And like, as a baby face, he's fine. So yeah, I think there's um, another element too, is that much like Christian, you know, the AWS is a little smaller, right? And he can kind of rough these guys up and play like kind of, kind of old man them in there, you know, and get rough and physical with these guys. And he kind of can play bully a little bit. Christian does that sometimes. Um, neither of those guys were ever considered like big dudes in their in their you know, tag team run, but now they look like big dudes on that roster. So that's another part of it. But generally speaking, I, I've liked it, and I like watching him wrestle for the most part. And that's been the case for a while for me. And the only cool thing about the AEW run that stood out is that he's wrestled more regularly. Right? It's been pretty cool. So I've I've enjoyed it definitely. Nick Nemeth needs to win the global title so he can be at Forbidden Door. Honestly, man, the uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's I don't know if he signed the deal with TNA. I don't know if anyone does. So that's pretty something to like circle in terms of Forbidden Door AEW because while he's not needed, I could see uh, I could see him looking around in TNA and being like, well, maybe maybe my timing wasn't the best. I don't know. I'm just saying. So he may not need the belt to be in some of those shows, but it would be pretty cool nonetheless. I, yeah, someone said this. He's Paul Buchanan's son. Brooks Jensen, that is. 22, that's God bless. Usually when I see a prospect, quote-unquote, that like they're in the age of 35. Um, what else we got here? Early prediction for Oberfemi and Nakajima. <laughs> Three and a half. Look at this. One comment after another. NXT is so bad. NXT is awesome. Look, man, they have a specific style Every show has its own flavor. They don't, they're not shy about theirs. It's going to work for some people, not for others. Like, it's that's the beauty of it. You know, it's part of the appeal of it for those that like it. It's not for me, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm catching up here now. You're winding down here, folks. Who are your favorite wrestling politicians? Great question. Uh, Greg Garnier. Is, is is godly. How he got a job in WWE Developmental in the mid-2000s, we'll, we'll never know. Um, Jeff Jarrett is a great one. Tremendous, tremendous politician. Try to think if there's... There's a couple of modern ones that have emerged in recent times. Big Rome is getting up there. Big Rome, is, he's proven to be a tremendous politician. Paulie Dangerously. Those two go one in the same. Um... 
and reluctantly, I do think you have to you have to give a bit of a nod to to the Chris. I think Jericho's he's been pretty slick in recent times. Punk's an interesting wrestling politician. That sometimes he appears to have all the cards, and other times he appears to just be fucking insane. <laughs> so it's hard, it's always hard to read that one. But there's there's a few. Obviously, great mover is like yeah, godly in that regard. Anoki, literal wrestling politician. Goldberg should have come up in the squash match wrestlers for sure. Taz is a good one too. Um, okay. Just catching up on some of the WWE creative stuff. I'm curious where Cody would go with the title and draft because that kind of in part makes that the A show. That'll be interesting. Yeah, I wonder if those belts are going to get unified again. I know that was like a pitch at one point, allegedly, right? Currently going through world class due to Iron Claw. God bless. Seeing King Kong Bundy with hair, wrestling and jeans is insane. And I don't know what you thought thus far, but when I did some world class viewing, I thought Bundy was like kind of awesome in that run. Honestly, he's he could move, right? He was pretty impressive in that run, I thought, anyway. Do you think it's wild that P.S. Hayes is one of the few guys that Roman trusts backstage? Um, no, because as you said, he's very well respected as an agent. Now, that's, you know, there are certainly not someone I would necessarily personally vouch for him based on his, his reputation, but as an agent, he does have a very good reputation. Very good with segments in particular. So I'm not surprised. Um, obviously, he has a good wrestling brain. I'll leave it there because I don't know how much further I will go into praising Michael P.S. Hayes, but obviously, uh, he's very good at that job. Okay. My God, Tiff and Bianca doing the press deck gimmick. Is that on now? Shit, I didn't realize it was head to head with that. How sicko do you think Cody wants to go with this Rocky video package? It could be disgusting, which is a compliment. How does 2.0 Daddy Magic stuff play into the Garcia stuff? I'm waiting for a heel turn from him. With Angelo doing the Ruby stuff, I'm wondering what happens to them as a team. Honestly, it's a good question, and it's one that's kind of gone under the radar. I... I would genuinely just have Daddy Magic be a manager, and I don't know what that means for Angelo. I, I don't know what any of the Ruby stuff means for Angelo, you know. So I don't. I'm not sure on that front. I think Daddy Magic could have a job in that promotion for the rest of his life as an announcer, manager, and personality. But I do. The last few times I've seen him wrestle, I think there's been a pretty noticeable decline, and just he looks less and less equipped to be wrestling on AWTV. Now that's a shame because I don't think that was always the case. But anytime I've watched him wrestle in the last year, you know, I think it's shown that he's not wrestling a lot, um, which is fine. So I, my pitch to Daddy Magic, I don't think you do a heel turn. I think there's something to be said for him as a as a manager. So I think you have him be Daniel Garcia's babyface manager for a while, and then you maybe start thinking about a heel turn and he could be a heel manager. Because I think he's a good color commentator already, and he hasn't really had any legitimate coaching for that. He's just sat in and done dark for a while. <laughs> So I think that's the role for him. The I've discussed this before, but the angle for him and Garcia to me is like, you know, he wants Garcia. He basically he wants to live vicariously through Garcia, right? He's a guy whose moment came and went is the idea. That was the story I would tell. Like he's seen how quickly opportunities come and go. He didn't become that. He didn't quite reach the heights he'd hoped he would. And he wants to ensure that Daniel Garcia doesn't make the same mistakes. I think that's, to me, that's compelling. You know, I think you can tell a great story of that. And Daddy Magic, for all of the quirks and silliness, I think he's a really good promo. I think he could pull that off. 
easily, to be honest. So I would have him as a babyface manager and let that run for a good while. And then I'd start thinking about, okay, maybe we can have you know, him spin off and manage some, some heels. But I think Daddy Magic's value is actually higher outside the ring. Angelo Parker could honestly probably do the same, but I don't know what, I have no clue where this Ruby stuff's going. So yeah, that's my personal uh, take on it. Will you be watching Finley Nemeth? I think I will be. Yeah, I think so. It, we'll see how long this uh, program goes tonight. The rest of the one there. Did you see Fitz Kid? Not the one, not that one, the other one. Had his first Fed match with Regal's Kid. Have you seen him work before? I have, yeah. Um, he did not make any impression on me one way or the other. I've seen him a few times. I've heard people put him over strong. I've heard people say the complete opposite. I have no idea where he's actually at. Um, when I saw him, I he, again, he was very much nondescript, which is the way that, frankly, his older brother was for most of the time. Like, still kind of is, really. Um, fine, you know, but I've heard people be much more colourful with their description of uh, Brogan. So hopefully he's good, but I'd like nothing more than to be to enjoy the work of Fit Finley's kid. I mean, you know, we saw the grin grab we did about Fit Finley on Late Night Grim. We'll know what I think of him, so... Yeah, I'd like to see the Regal uh, Junior match, though, for sure. Uh, wrestling politicians here. Bob's a good one. That's a good call. Funny you mentioned Anoki. I'm listening to Collision in Korea episode of TLF. Mike, bro. Connor, I don't know if you've listened to the whole series, but uh, that that is... That, that's that's magic. That whole tour, they do the whole thing. I think it's called Pain in the Pacific. They do like WCW New Japan shows at the Dome. They do WWE with wrestling and romance. It's awesome. And that's just one of the stops. So if you go back, you'll see it more. But that episode's great. Anyway, he says, "My eyes have been opened to some of the things Noki's done." There will look. We say this a lot, and sometimes we're full of shit. There will never be another. Is not a, an overstatement when it comes to Noki. One of one for sure. We have six hours, apparently, till the press conference, the Australia one. Are there any high-profile examples of bad brother-versus-brother matches? Because I feel like when people say that, they're always bad. It seems like they only ever refer to Matt versus Jeff. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't have any other examples. I, I don't even know if those matches are bad. I don't know if I've even seen them, to be honest. So, yeah, I don't know. I like um, the Briscoes always had good matches with each other. They had a great match together and I think, Liverpool in like maybe 07, maybe, uh, which I think we might have done on Green Grappler. But, yeah, the Briscoes, um, Owen and Brett had like one of the greatest wrestling matches ever at WrestleMania 10. I'm trying to think of other prominent examples. The St- To be fair, the Steiners had, but that wasn't a brother thing. That was just Rick was cooked, you know? Like that's not, yeah. I don't think, if the Usos match is bad, it won't be because there's a curse of wrestling brothers. I think it'll just be because Jimmy couldn't have a good singles match. <laughs> To be honest, so I don't really buy it personally. Okay. <laughs> Look at a statue for me. Thoughts on this idea Roxanne should be called um called up by saying she clearly has stuff she can't do well, but too often if they're good in ring, they should be up. I think she can use NXT get good at the other stuff. I agree. Um I have not watched her wrestle enough. I've heard people suggest that there's been a decline to her in-ring. I can't speak to that. I've just heard it talked about by people to watch. Um, so, 
Yeah, that's the only thing I'd be a little worried about because obviously there's not sometimes she's wrestling talent that is not quite there, to say the least. But she definitely has things to improve upon. Like she's as a promo, she's you know still struggles a lot. So yeah, I don't disagree with you. Um, do I think in a way I'd kind of rather her develop on the main roster? Oh, one second, folks. Let me just mute this. I don't know if you're getting those notifications or not. Um, yeah, I, I would be tempted to have her in a tag team on the main roster and have her develop alongside a veteran. I don't know who that is necessarily. Not Natalia. But uh, I think there's no rush. She's like 22 years old, right? Over under 4.5 title changes at this year's Mania. I need to pull out the belts because I'm sorry, but my memory is fucked. I can't just do that off the top of my head. It's a great question. I just need to have it in front of me. I need to have the photos in front of me. All right. Big Rome. Seth Freakin. Even if Seth Freakin doesn't get to Mania as the champ, which is something that I've talked about. I think Rhea keeps it. Bailey's going to win the belt, I think. I think Gable's winning. I'm going to say over, I think five. I think... Cody over Rome, whoever the hell the world champion is, and if it is Seth Rollins, he's losing the belt, I think. Even if Vi cash in. Bailey over EO, Chad Gable over Gunter, and I think LA Knight's going to win the US belt. That's five. I don't know where the tag belt's going to be at that point, to be honest. That could be six, but uh, I'll go I'll go five. So over for me. Okay. Um, some Brogan Finley talk. Beautiful. Yeah, man. Laps fans. All time great. All time great. Pro wrestling pod. Uh, speaking of that, for Jay and Jimmy, shouldn't, shouldn't they do a plunder match? I don't think either strength is a straight singles that goes 10 minutes on Mania. It would be decent to forget that way. Maybe, yeah. Maybe they could. I don't know. I think there's a way to do this with some, with a sharp layout. Especially if it's the opener. You do some of those mirror image spots. Maybe you do some solo stuff. I think you can smoke a mirror as your way to a normal match. I don't know. The only thing is, I don't know if they want to give the... There's going to be plunder matches and stuff on main. I don't know if they want to give that to that particular match. I think there's going to be a big ladder match on one of those shows. So, yeah. I, I think they can do it. Honestly, I think there's going to be heat in the building for it, which will help. That's That can be a superpower for these things, in a stadium especially. If it goes at the wrong place and the crowd doesn't give a fuck, it could be a big problem. I know nothing. I know nothing, folks. Oh, yeah, there was some truth thing. Okay, that's probably going to be another title change. Now we're cooking. Roxy and Raquel, one is short and one is tall. Wouldn't really help on the promo front much from what I've seen at Raquel, but they, one of them is short and one of them is tall. So, yeah. Do you think all the stories finishing at Mania is a good thing or should some finish at other times of the year? Um, all stories should not finish at Mania, but most stories that are taking place on the road to Mania should, yeah. I think it should be the season finale. You can leave interesting ideas, but I don't, you know, I, I think... If you've got a story that's developing and Mania is the clear destination, I don't think you should extend it just because you want to subvert expectations or whatever the fuck. So, like, for example, you know, EO shouldn't beat Bailey so that Bailey could be a backlash or whatever. It's, I think wrestling promotion should work in like seasons, you know, like you have your Mania block. Then I, I think everything you do from Mania should be building towards the SummerSlam. Then you have that kind of fall period where you're looking at Survivor Series. And to be fair, I think Triple H does this a lot, right? It's like, 
Mania ends and then he goes to SummerSlam and then he has the faction warfare emerge for, for uh, war games. He books that way. I, I think that's the right call personally. I know a lot of people prefer it to be more, you know, kind of uh, started, but Mania is its own, it's its own uh, monster at this point. Okay. You're winding down, folks. If you have any questions, shoot them in now. Dustin and Cody, how did I forget that? Brother match. I don't know. I don't know how I forgot. That's not one of my favorite AW matches. <laughs> I know nothing, folks. I know nothing. Okay, I think we're almost caught up. Do you think Hangman turning heel will affect his in-ring style? He's already pretty brutal, but still feels like a baby face. I think he... I think he'll be fine in that I, I think the physicality that you mentioned is kind of just it's, it's like baked in with him. I definitely think there's truth to how to kind of rein in some of his more flashy elements in a way that doesn't hurt his matches. I, I definitely think there's something to that because it is it was noticeable last night. Like he made like a hot tag within the match, which was to be clear, it was made sense, but it's gonna be hard for them to do him when he does some of the stuff he does in that particular flurry. So I don't think it's a problem in the immediate future because he's going to be working with a guy like Swerve, who the people love, but it could definitely be saying he has to like tinker with. But at core, he can be just super aggressive and nasty, right? And the rest of it's kind of details that he can figure out as he goes. I think as long as he works with that edge that he has as a baby face, he'll be totally fine. Just be a bruiser in there. I think I think it'll be cool. It's a good question. That's still me saying it's monitor. I think EO is winning when Dakota turns on Bailey. See, I would do the uh I like the idea of Dakota like actually sincerely helping Bailey against damage control. And then as soon as Bailey gets the belt, then turns on her because like okay, we, that's done now. Now I want the belt for myself, you know. She doesn't fuck with damage control either, she just was in for it for herself. I, I kinda like that. I think that would be uh like the idea that she actually earns Bailey's trust by helping her against the damage control and then immediately is like, okay, I've done that now. Let me, let me win this belt. I think it could be good. I'm super excited for Dakota, right? I think uh, this could be really big for her. I'm, I'm actually thrilled. It seems she's going to get an opportunity to really do something that she can like sink her teeth into, right? Because when she was around initially, that was one of the weaker kind of chapters of this damage control thing. And at first it was like she was kind of the – the third wheel in the way they presented them, which I thought was a shame because I actually thought she was the highlight of that group at first. So hopefully she gets some opportunities out of this, uh, this upcoming angle with Bailey, whatever it may be. Yeah, I do agree with this. I, I agree. Gabe, we should have beat Gunter earlier. The Gunter thing is definitely like, I think it peaked in the fall, which is fine. I mean, it's still, the matches are still good, but there's definitely a sense of like the Kofi match. I remember talking to you guys about like, the audience knows he's not losing to Kofi on this Raw in February. You know, <laughs> it's just, it's apparent. Kind of what we talked about with Orange Cassidy. Uh, Joe, I just watched the Kerry versus Flair cage match. So did I. I watched it yesterday. I got this, uh, as I tweeted, I got the greatest cage match collection, which is a hilarious collection, by the way. But anyway, Piers Hayes is one of the funniest and most convoluted forms in the history. The most, it's so dramatic and theatrical. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, real grabs though, the angle there, tremendous. Interesting how almost all the belts are held by heels. Wonder if that was intentional or so big babyface wins at Mania. I think it was. Yeah, that's a Triple H is generally a guy who does heel reigns and babyface wins, right? 
two different things there. It's like the baby face's most important moment is the win. Most of the time he's chasing. Cody will be interesting in that regard because that's going to be a traditional ace run. And I don't think traditionally that's been saying that he's very good at it. He'll do it, but I don't think he's very good at it necessarily. So that'll be intriguing. Assuming Cody wins, of course. My girlfriend loves Kerry Von Eric from The Iron Claw. My God, what's some in real life Kerry matches to check out? Um, Kerry and Jumbo from, let me find the date on this. We did it for Green Grappler. Two carry matches we did for Green Grappler are very, very strong. One second, mate. Before I get these up to the uh, the Hennig matches are pretty good, which is crazy because then at that point, Kerry's like, you know, to say he's not in his prime would be an understanding. Him and Hennig have pretty good matches. Let me pull this up here. We did a whole, for anyone who's not aware, it brought up earlier the Green Grappler. We did Von Eric's episode and we covered like the family. The first match was Giant Barber and Fritz. It was great. Okay. Kerry and Jumbo is May 22nd, 1984. A little bit of a slow burn. So like if your girlfriend's not like a super hardcore nerd like, like us and just wants to watch the graps, that one might not play as well. The Jerry Lawler match from December 88, AWA, is, is a hoot. And it's also a quirky match in that Kerry accidentally blades under his arm before the match. So Lawler has to immediately work his arm over to explain why Kerry is bleeding under his arm. So that match has some uh, some quirks. The flare title change match is all right. It isn't really it isn't really much to be honest, but it's a moment. You know, it kind of plays well. So there's a few. Um, I'm not the Von Eric expert, but there's a couple that come to mind. What is Sammy doing at WrestleMania? He's going to be winning the World Heavyweight Title. Uh, what makes a good promo to you? Believability, man. Whatever the content is, if I believe it's saying that that character and that person is truly feeling and thinking, that's the magic. The the worst is when it feels like a guy acting. It happens a lot, especially now. It's, it's brutal. I'd rather a guy fumble their words and stumble and start a lot than do that, you know? So believability for sure. What would you do with Samoa Joe in London? He's not going to have the title, but I feel like he's definitely earned to still be a featured player. I think he's going to work with Hook. But I would have him work with Zack Sabre Jr. personally. And that's a that would be a hoop for a stadium. I think people would have fun with that. I think Joe would have a lot of fun with that atmosphere too, based on everything we've seen in recent years. So I agree though. Joe's definitely the run he's had, like I definitely think he's someone that you should be a priority on the big shows. He plays best on those shows, right? Let's be honest. It, Joe's value isn't on a, you know, random dynamite or collision. His value is a, a big show wrestler, really. So I agree. I like this idea of Roxanne being the kind of working heel that leads the matches. I agree. With all the new main event additions, is a J. White World title reign basically cooked? Was it as three or four guys already in line? Yeah, I do. I, I felt that way for a while. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a reflection of Jay. A few months ago, someone asked him Russell Pierce what I think his role is going to be, and I think. Fair or unfair, he's going to level out as like another mid-card heel. That was my read down, and it still is that way. People at the time were very mad and said that I should let it play out. I wasn't saying it to be colorful or aggressive about it. I was just saying that's where I think he's going to end up, and I think that's where we're seeing. He's actually, at the minute, doing less than that, but I think that's where he'll end up. Um, you using the eye of the beholder, they don't seem to see him the way that a lot of us saw him. Now, do I think he's been great at every turn in AEW? No, but I also don't think... Creative has helped him much at all. Um, 
he's been left to his own devices in a way that I don't think has been well suited to what he does well. So I think he's going to be an upper mid card guy. I don't think he's going to be winning the world title, to be honest. I also think he will eventually move on, but that's a ways away. So we'll see. Okay. Joe, I hope you're doing well. I am. Thank you, Half. I rewatched Cole Anderson versus Mox in the second post-pandemic Dynamite. Brother, I genuinely bumped my rate into four, four and a quarter shit was a party. That Luke Gallows, Mad King pre-match brought to the crowd of the Bell Wings. It's fun, man. It's also like a tremendous machine gun performance because Mox is kind of um, rusty in that match because he hadn't wrestled since since uh, double or nothing, right? So, yeah, that's, that's a fun one for sure. Joe, have you watched the final four main event before? Phenomenal Brett performance. I have, yeah, tremendous match. Also kind of ahead of its time, right? Like really interesting to look back on now. Good match for sure. Finn in 2015, 2016, NXT was good. I'd agree, yes, good call. I know at the time there was some pushback, but I still would agree. I, I think it was um, I think it was a good run, definitely. I think his interest in his work, I thought was better in the second NXT run. But that was a very different NXT and it was a lot less you know, kind of cool and uh, it certainly wasn't the, the product that it was before, for better and worse, because there were some differences there that were positive, no doubt, but it was just not the same. Do you think Hook doing the best of Super Juniors would benefit him? Also, I've been watching Kano Kobashi, GHC title right? Well, firstly, God bless the second point. So the question, um, I think it would. I, I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. They're very protective of Hook's aura and presentation. As a talent, it would definitely benefit him. Absolutely. I do worry slightly about the kind of... The way that they've built Hook, I do worry how you, like, kind of break out of that and have him just become, like, a wrestler. And you don't really want him to become a wrestler. That sounds ridiculous. But, you know, you don't want him to be just one of the boys. But there is something to be said for, like, he's... It feels actively weird watching him do normal wrestling matches to me. Maybe it's just me. I was watching him last night, or I was catching on with it today anyway, from last night's show, and I just... The way he's been booked is good to create, like, a uh, the presentation of Hook, but I don't know if it's been the best way to, like, develop him as a pro wrestler at all. Um, so, yeah, it would be great for him, but I don't think it will happen, unfortunately. What else we got here? Joe, thoughts about the Young Bucks losing to Steen Derby, then vacating titles... And naming themselves interim champs to face the winner of a one-night tournament. Yes, I think um, the Ibu of WrestlePurist and I were kind of kicking this around earlier, Mitch. I think you just got you just got here when he left, right? So yeah, we were talking about this. Like, I, I think Sting's going to win that match. Um, I could be way wrong. I don't know, but I, I just the way they're building this, I don't think Sting's losing. I mean, if he does, God bless, because it will be his call. So it's not like I'm, you know break my TV or whatever, but the way they're building it, it just feels like Sting's going to you know, going to get justice and get right off in the sunset, but I like the idea of the, uh, actually mix their ideas, because I was suggesting a tournament and he was suggesting they did the champ thing, so works for me I know people want Osprey to win the title at Wembley, but I'd love for him to face Danielson at Wembley we'll have to do that next year, Chief, because I think Dragon's working uh, I think Dragon's working Nigel I, I think that's actually happening, which is a wild sentence to say, but I think it's happening. What do you think Triple H and Tony Khan's relationship is? Do you think they hate each other as much as other people do? 
Hate's a strong word. They, I don't think they like each other at all. I've had there's no indication to me they like each other. I think there's like weird. There's a weird dynamic there of two of like, you know, the kind of respect that isn't there. I think is definitely a thing. And obviously, there's some feelings about the way things went back in the day and uh, the war that wasn't a war that maybe was a war and the marathon that was a sprint. So yeah, I think it's a weird relationship to us. I think it's a very friendly one. Could be wrong. But I don't think so. I think Jay and Juice should have won the two out of three falls match versus FTR, but I think Jay will eventually win the triple crown. I could see the triple crown, yeah. I could definitely see the triple crown. I think Jay White would good creative would be a top guy somewhere, but I don't know if he'll ever get that. In WWE, I don't think he'll be the fo- get the focus people think he would. Who knows in a few years? I just think his age will help. You know, let's say he jumps at 33, 34. Um... I think, you know, it's easy to forget. Like, a lot of the guys that are on top there now will not be around, right? So, and that will help him. He's also the kind of talent that I think, well, we know what Regal thinks of him, but I think Triple H should be a big fan. Um, if indeed that's who's booking then, because this is this year's down the line, but yeah. All right. Anything else here, folks? Um... I feel like Hook needs to be working much more often than he does. Despite the aura he's created, he simply isn't in there with enough variety or in different situations. Yeah, I tend to agree. My hope for Jay White post-revolution is he wins the unification match and goes straight for the Triple Crown and wins that. I, the Triple Crown thing would be great because him and Eddie had great chemistry. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not against that. I think Dragon's probably going to get the Triple Crown and then put on a baby phase, though. So, maybe, maybe down the line. Okay. I believe that brings us to the end of our program here. We've got like 45 minutes to disappear. So I'm hosting tonight, folks. So if you can show up, make sure the house doesn't die, that'd be appreciated. I believe it is myself, Ao and Chuck. Um, Dynamite review. So all the things I talked about here be in order. Uh, <laughs> so that's over on WrestlePurious. The big thing, though, that I'm here to, to push and promote for the next three weeks. Tomorrow is three weeks away. LNG 100. March 15th, LNG 100. It's been quite the road. There has been... God, we've been going for a hilarious amount of time at this point and a ridiculous amount of shows. I think the Spotify feed has like 600 shows, which is deeply unsettling. But LNG 100, I'm pretty confident, is going to be very special. Um, I think... I think I can confidently promote it to this degree without being a disappointment. I'm pretty confident. So... It's going to be great. Um, you can be involved by tweeting clips of your favorite thing. I'm going to try and put some of those on the show and try to rep that. But the big thing, the biggest thing I should say, is that there's a major announcement at LNG 100. So LNG 100 is a show that means so much to me that I've been working on it for two weeks already, and I have a format. So I'm sure this will go great and definitely not backfire on me, but that's what's, that's what's ahead of us March 15th. But first up, we're headed straight to WrestlePurious. I hope to see you there in 45 minutes. Myself, Ao, and Charlie. I'm in the hosting chair tonight. And, uh, yeah, should be good times. All right, folks. I'm going to try and be back sooner than I was this time around for the Holbert House show. I really do appreciate the support. Thanks again to Six Star for um, the wonderful thumbnail of me as a miserable sting. Thanks to everyone who got us over 500 subscribers. And uh, let's, let's keep rocking, folks. Keep 
can't keep grinning. That's copyrighted by Matt Shoe, like not grin, but um, you get the deal. I have no outro. I have no video. Here's a picture of Ibu and I. See you on Recipes, folks. Have a great evening.